0: Well, good Thursday afternoon, everybody. It's the 3rd of February. And my title today is Easy Does Not Do It. Now, I have always been one to try and figure out the easiest way to do things. I'm not sure if it's because I've always been lazy or I hate to waste time or I I just want to get something finished faster so I can spend my time doing things that I want to do. If it's driving from point A to point B, I guarantee you I will find the shortest shortcut. And uh, not just any shortcut, but the best and the fastest one. Or if I'm uh, needing to pick up the leaves that have fallen in the fall into the shrubs around my house, well, it takes too long to pick them out individually, so I just take out my shop vac And I suck them out with that, much, I think, probably to the amusement of my neighbors. Uh, But here's another silly example is, do you ever see something that's small on the floor and it needs to be picked up like a little piece of paper? Uh, It's become very hard for me to bend down because of my bad back and my age. And it seems like too much of an effort to have to get all the way down on one knee so I'm close enough to be able to use two fingers to get a grip. So I figured it out that if I just lick one finger and touch the item, it sticks to me and all I have to do is raise my arm and stand up. Why do things the hard way if there's an easy way to accomplish the same thing? However, when it comes to getting traction in our recovery from an addiction to porn and sex, You're just not going to find and take an easy way out. For example, to stop masturbating. You could do this. Cut off your hands. But even then, you'd probably find a more creative way in order to have an orgasm. So uh, the most easy way I could call the Lorena Bobbitt approach would be to just cut it off. And I'm having a really hard time finding volunteers to test this method, but I digress. Bottom line, my friends, let me give it to you straight. Our battle with sexual temptation is probably going to last the rest of our lives. We will always have our flesh or our sinful nature, and it will continue to crave sexual actions, at least up until the age of 68, which is my age. I don't know beyond that, but I've heard from other men it still continues. We will always have access to porn, no matter what. And even if we're bound and gagged, then we could simply just visualize in our minds what we crave, right? However, that doesn't mean that we have to be still acting out in our addiction. Even though we will have our flesh and the world provide us with porn, it is possible to come to the place where you're no longer triggered to engage with anything or anyone sexually. And it is possible to begin to be able to resist temptation all the time. The reason I know that is because it's happened in my life over the past 10 years of my own recovery. But hear me on this loud and clear. As long as we live with an active sin nature, doing battle with demonic powers, and living with omnipresent external porn and what we've stored in our heads, then we will have a battle. However, it is a battle that can be won, but it will not be easy and it cannot be done alone so here's what i'm really concerned about and why i believe there is a pandemic around the world with christians becoming and remaining addicted to porn and sexual brokenness for years decades the church has become less of a place for people to be discipled so that they're growing in christ and being transformed by the spirit and churches more become an hour of Christian entertainment. Now, what can happen in a church on Sunday mornings or Saturday nights or whenever the church gathers is there can be corporate worship, which I think is extremely important for every believer, and there can be good teaching from the Bible, where the speaker is rightly dividing the word of truth and people are learning important things for them to know. But that's pretty much it. Christianity that disciples men and women and how they need to be working out their relationship with Christ and how to do what the Bible tells us, even commands us to be doing daily. So that Christ is at the center of our lives and we are being changed. But that's rarely happening. My Christianity has become going to church for about an hour and a half on one day of the week. Now, I'm trying to change this in recommending three things. First, we need to learn the biblical truths that God has given us in His Word and begin to put them into practice. So here are some of the commands, starting with Romans 12.1. Quote, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And then it goes on through verse two, and you can read that for yourself. Uh, Now, that might be news to you, but we learn from the scriptures that God owns our body. We are not our own. We have been purchased with a price. However, it is daily we need to surrender our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, as this passage commands us to do. However, we're too busy to do that. We stay up too late and therefore need to sleep in later and rush off to work, simply ignoring a simple command that God tells us what we need to do. I simply say the words in verses 1 and 2, and it takes me 18.14 seconds. I just timed it on my phone. Now, that is not what I recommend that you rush through it. But you know what? If you are in a hurry, you could even pray that while you're fastening your seatbelt. Second thing we really need to do daily I need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill me, as we're told in Ephesians 5.18. And it's a command. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, here it comes. Be filled or be being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is simply asking him to take control of your life for the rest of the day. Paul compares it to the negative action of getting drunk on wine. So just as alcohol causes one to be influenced by the alcohol and maybe get a ticket for driving under that influence, we need to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit from the start to the finish of our day. And to ask him to do that, eight seconds. Third. I must put on the full armor of God since I have enemies wanting to take me out. We read this in Ephesians 6, Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. Now, then he lists six pieces of armor and I timed myself. How long would it take me to pray through putting on the six pieces of armor? 15 seconds. So you had 15 seconds to the eight seconds of being filled with the Spirit, and then to the 18.14 seconds, well, we, we end up with 41.14 seconds to pray what God is commanding us to pray so that we are somewhat prepared for whatever we're going to face each day. Now, obviously... That's just very quickly rushing through the basics, but it is better than not doing them at all, right? Now remember, I want to train you in how to be a disciple of Christ so that you will walk in the Spirit and not give in to the desires of your flesh. So I have created what I call the 180 Boot Camp. It's a document of seven weeks or 49 days of morning and evening times with God that I believe will change your life. And I'll send that to you for free. Just send an email to me and ask for the 180 boot camp at Doyle, D-O-Y-E-L, at me.com. This is John Doyle with 180 Podcast. God bless you, my friends. Let's get geared up. Let's get together and fight this and stand as a team of... Christians around the world. God bless you. Take care. Goodbye.